0: Will you take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the Gospel of Mark, the 16th chapter. And it is the recording of Jesus' words concerning what we call the Great Commission. Mark chapter 16, verse Let's start with verse 15. And he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Any snake handlers in the group? I'll I'll explain that in a moment. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Notice verse 20, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs of following. Heavenly Father, would you help us in the next few moments to unburden our heart concerning the Great Commission and the desire that you have that every child of God, every saved person, be actively involved in winning the lost in some form, in some fashion. God, I pray that you'll touch our hearts today in this mission's emphasis moment. Lord, we will take faith promises for a new year, monies that will go to supply about 50 missionaries. Uh, Lord, we just pray for the supply of God, Lord, that you will help us minister and meet needs in their lives. We praise you and we thank you for the opportunity we have to lift up Jesus this morning. Speak to every heart and every life, if there's a soul here who doesn't know you as their Savior, would you grant unto them the understanding and the knowledge that salvation is only to be had in the name of Jesus. Lord, touch hearts and lives, challenge us today. Lord, tonight at the missions banquet, as Brother McAteer shares his heart, Lord, would you just move upon us again and let us have a blessed day where we are encouraged to go out into the highways and hedges and compel the lost to come to Christ. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. good news is not good news until you hear it if you know that before school you're going school takes up in a new year and you're going shopping to buy clothes for kids and shoes and 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 pencils and and all kinds of notebooks and things that supplies for school and and you go shopping And you don't know about tax-free day? It doesn't benefit you, does it? But if you hear about it and you go on the day when there is tax-free shopping, then you benefit from it. Jesus was born, but it was not good news to the shepherds until the angels told them. Jesus gave the command to go into all the world and preach the good news. But until that good news is preached, it is not good news. It is only good news when someone hears it. That is why the first century church and those who followed Jesus went everywhere, everybody say everywhere, preaching the good news. They were convinced that Jesus wanted everyone, everybody say everyone, not just a few, not some, not the folks we like, not the kind of people that we like, not those that fit into our mode of what we think uh, people ought to be like, everybody is important to God. Every person has a soul that Jesus died for. I I, I do not read in the scripture that Jesus uh, died for this one, but he didn't die for that one. He died for this one, but he didn't die for those two. He died for this one, but he left that group out. No, sir, the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. God is in love with everyone. And everyone everywhere ought to have an opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That's where you come in. That's where I come in. We are God's mouthpiece. We are God's missionaries. We are that evangelical force on the earth that have been called to reach our world for Christ. What a the world is the place where you live. God wants us to carry this gospel to everyone, everywhere. The command that Jesus gave his followers in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20, in Matthew chapter 28, uh, the last three or four verses, verses 16 through, through 20, there uh, we, we are given the mandate of heaven for our lives as Christians, Everybody everybody is responsible to carry the gospel. The, it's, it's not just the preacher in the pulpit. Matter of fact, it needs to be a whole lot more folks than just the preacher in the pulpit. We, we need representatives in our world where we live at. If you're in school, your school is a mission field. If you're at play, in leisure, then that area where you are at that moment and the people around you that is your harvest field if you're at work uh, those work associates are your harvest field wherever we may be jesus christ has called us to win the lost he has called us to share the gospel he has called us to tell the good news a lot of people think we're responsible for saving people but we can't save anyone i learned a long time ago i can only be a male boy I'm only a messenger, and you are only somebody that can relate the gospel. But if you will share the gospel, the Holy Spirit will take the gospel, and he will minister it to the heart of that person who receives it, and he'll deal with them, and then they make a decision for Jesus Christ. You see, we water, we plant, we water, but God sows. God gets the, gives the increase. God gives the harvest. Jesus wants us to tell everyone everywhere the good news of his salvation. Why it would be impossible for us personally to go everywhere and preach the gospel? Most of us in this room will not live in a foreign country. Most of us in this room will not take trips around the world uh, to, to various places but we still have the call of God on our life to go into all the world. Every church that names the name of Jesus should be a missions church. If we're going to be an alive, concerned, and committed group of people, we need to be reaching and doing everything we can to touch Monticello. We need to be doing everything we can to try to minister to people outside the walls of this church. But I'm here to tell you, we also have to be responsible in supporting and sending those who will go to the far-flung uh, places of this world, who will preach where the word of God has not been told, where the voice of God is heard dimly. Where well, I'm telling you today, we can't get out from under the Great Commission. It's God's call to every one of us. We must preach to everyone everywhere in obedience to the command of Christ. Verse 15, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person, to every creature. Jesus wants every ethnic group, every nation to hear the message. In the natural, that sounds like an impossible task. Yet Jesus said to go everywhere and tell everyone. That means the halls of your schools, the remote jungles of Africa. That means your friend down the street, and yet the remote rainforest of Latin America. That means the coldest spots in Siberia, and yet the blistering heat of the Sahara Desert. That means the quaint villages of rural America, and yet the dangerous world of the radical Muslim. It is everyone everywhere. Is that impossible? No, in man it is, but with God it's not. I want to just share some good news with you. Jesus said before he comes, every nation will have a witness of Jesus Christ. And then the end will come. I have some insider information that I want to share with you about the victory of the church and the gospel. I already know how the game is going to turn out. I can tell you who's going to win. Revelation chapter 5, 9 through 10 says, listen to it. And this is a picture of of, of an event that's going on in heaven. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood. Listen. Out of every, not one or two, not some, not a part of, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. I think sometimes we just read over stuff in the Bible and we miss what God is saying. Here is a picture of a harvested church. Here is the picture of a redeemed people. We are standing before the presence of God, the white-robed saints of all of the ages, of, uh, of the entire harvest time. The Bible says out of every, everybody shout every, out of every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth with him for a thousand years. Hear me, hear me, hear me. The Bible says we will be successful in carrying this gospel to every person on planet earth. (laughs) Why do we do missions? Why do we have missions? We do it so we can be obedient to the command. A church that does not make missions a priority is living in disobedience to the command of Jesus Christ. Wow. Me, my four, no more. That's the way a lot of folks live. We resent sending monies somewhere around the world to try to get people saved. Well, I'm just telling you, I I want... When I stand before the Lord, I want to hear Him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And if I hadn't been faithful about missions, if I hadn't been faithful to share the gospel here locally, if I hadn't been faithful to share the gospel around the world, the way I can do it is I can hitch a ride on the back of a missionary. I can get with Mike McAteer and Jane Ann uh, in China. I can I can I can get with uh, uh, the Brogans. I can I can get with uh, the Comers, and I can, I can get with uh, the Bennetts. and and I can get with the Smays, and and so many of our missionary families that are around the world, and if I support them every month uh, with an offering, if I give monies that help keep them on the field, and they win one soul to Jesus, listen to me, if they win one soul to Jesus, I have a share in that soul. Uh, I've kept them there. I've helped support them there. I've I've helped them preach the word. And as a result, Jesus is going to allow me to have a part in that reward. I tell you, we can carry this gospel around the world and you can do it sitting on this pew. How can you do it sitting on a pew, Pastor? You can take that billfold out and you can give monies to missions that will support the gospel and carry literature and, and, and win the loss for Jesus Christ. That's how you can do it. At the end of this service, in just a few moments, we are going to be given an opportunity to demonstrate our obedience to the command of Christ to go into all the world by making a faith promise, a financial gift to the churches, the local churches' mission program. We're supporting about 25 missionaries, and, and uh, our, our budget just for missions being sent out is something over twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300 a month besides our district commitments. But it, it would be such a blessing if we had 50 units, 50 families, 50 individuals who would give 25 to $50 a month toward missions, it would make a powerful difference for Jesus Christ and for the preaching of the gospel. We are to preach to everyone everywhere in obedience to the command of Christ. Let me share with you real quickly three things that are also oh, so important in this mission mandate number one God's love God's love should be our motivation for doing missions God's love should be our motivation for serving the poor for planting churches for reaching the lost for training pastors for doing whatever we do God's love has to be our ultimate motivation you see The love of God sent Jesus to the cross. The love of God sent the first evangelical missionary, the Lord Jesus Christ, into this world to preach the gospel and to win souls. And it must be today, not religious obligation, not arm twisting, but somehow we need to stir the love of God in our heart for those who are lost without Christ. And if we have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Listen, Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, Hope maketh not a shame, but the love of God is scattered or shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given unto us. You know what that means? The Bible says that God's love is scattered abroad in our heart, in our emotions, in, our, in, in, in our, the area of our life where we feel things, where we are motivated to, to, uh, to, to serve God, where, where we love God with all of our heart. The love of God is the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you've got a part of your heart that's hard, you know what you need to let God do? You need to let Him scatter some love in that part of your heart if if a part of your heart is is is, is not not like it needs to be. If you're feeling ill towards someone, if you're feeling unkind towards someone, or vengeful or spiteful towards someone, you see that part of your heart hadn't got the love of God in it. So the Bible says the Holy Spirit will scatter the love of God, just like a farmer will take seed and scatter it out across his field so he can get a big harvest. Uh, The Holy Spirit wants to scatter his love all over our heart uh, so that there is not one area of our emotions as not Motivated nor touched by the love of Jesus. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, there'll be no prejudice if the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Uh, there will be no hatred uh, if the love of God is shed abroad in our Holy uh, by the Holy Spirit. There will be no no dysfunction in our souls. Uh, we won't be vengeful or spiteful or separated from people if the love of God is scattered in our hearts by the Spirit of God. Love has to be our motivation. Secondly, God's loyalty. God's loyalty. Did you know God is loyal? If you don't know God's loyal, you just need to read what Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39 says to us. It talks about things that that come against us for one purpose, and that is to separate us from the love of God. And he names them. He says, uh, uh, nakedness, peril, famine, and sore. No, in all these things we're more than conquerors. And then he goes on to say, I'm persuaded that neither height nor depth nor things present nor things to come, angels, principalities, or powers, uh, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? He's saying God is loyal to you. God is committed to you. And, and this loyalty that God is when he lives in us it becomes our mindset as well i'm loyal to you i want i want to tell you something if you're in my church if you're part of our fellowship i'm as loyal to you as as is as, as a duck is to water i almost said something else but you couldn't handle it god is loyal to us God won't quit. He won't quit and give up on you. You you hurt him and offend him every day, but he won't quit. He he won't give up on you. He'll be loyal to you. And I tell you, if we're going to preach this gospel around the world, if a church is going to be successful in ministry, you've got to be loyal to it. That's our mindset. You see, God says, I'm loyal to you. I'm not giving up on you. I'm not going to quit. So listen, if 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 you're, if you're one of my constituents, I'm going to stick with you. I don't care how ugly or mean you get. I'm sticking with you. Because I want to be like Jesus. How about you? I want to be loyal. I want to be loyal to a church. I want to be loyal to a ministry. I want to be loyal to my spouse. I want to be loyal to my family. I want to be loyal to everybody I know. Because when I do, I'm... I'm showing the world who Jesus is. If you can turn your back on people and just walk away from a situation or a ministry or or, or a pastor or the work of God, I'm telling you, you're not loyal. Something's wrong inside of us. I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan since 1960. I was five years old, the first time I ever saw them play. They've lost games that broke my heart. they played lousy. I'm telling you, last few years they, they should have won seven Super Bowls and they can't even make it to the playoffs. And when they get to the playoffs, they just sputter and stammer and fall down and fumble and lose the game. But I'm telling you right now, this very moment, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm loyal to them. I'm going with them whether they win another game. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm a Razorback football fan. I'm a Razorback basketball baseball fan. Why? Because I'm loyal. I'm Committed. I'm committed to Jesus just the same way. I'm committed to you just the same way. God is committed to all of us. Aren't you I've thought about it many a time? Missionaries. What does it mean to be a missionary? A missionary is someone who is sent on a mission. That mission is to carry the gospel to the world to tell the gospel. Somebody was faithful to come to my house and tell my family about Jesus. I'm the product of a missionary. You see, I'm a product of somebody who was loyal to the command of Jesus Christ. I grew up around evangelicals people who love to share the gospel i've had pastors who love to share the gospel i've had men and women in my life who have been nothing but walking talking jesus fans hallelujah and it's in my heart i'm loyal and god wants you to be loyal to the mission and then the third thing is god's look god's love god's loyalty god's look if we're going to be obedient to the command of Christ to preach to everyone everywhere, we've got to have the eyes of God. I tell you we're living in a day and an hour when people are disconnected from from a heartfelt sense of the presence of Jesus reaching out to people from us we we if you if you're not in the habit of sharing Christ with people, it can become very difficult and very challenging. You've got to keep the fires burning as far as soul winning is concerned. And the first time, and I'm suggesting to you that you start today. And from this day, don't let a day go by without at least sharing something good about God with people. You can get very comfortable in talking about Jesus, and you can get very comfortable in showing the love of God. In in Matthew chapter. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, the the Bible said that Jesus had gone into a house and He looked upon the crowd that had followed Him to that house. And there were folks standing all outside and and He looked at them. And listen to what the Bible says. It says, He saw them. Everybody say, He saw them. In other words, He saw them. He looked at them. He used His eyes. He saw them. And immediately, He was moved with compassion toward them. In other words, what He saw communicated to his heart. What his heart then felt, he reached out and was motivated from his heart, the love that was in him. The Bible says he went out and healed all of them. I've shared it maybe one time before, but I am praying that God will touch the world, the church. What the church needs now is the love of God. And what we need in, in, in Monticello, what we need... In every place where the gospel is preached, we need an eye heart connection. Everybody say, I heart. I need an eye heart connection. In other words, when I see need, my heart is moved by the need. When I see a problem, my heart is possessed of the problem. When I see an issue, my heart reaches out to solve the issue. In other words, when I see something with the eyes of God, my heart is activated and motivated. I gotta model this. When Peter and John were walking into the temple after they'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter three, the Bible says they saw a lame man sitting there. At the Gate beautiful, and when they saw him, when they saw him, they saw him with the eyes of Jesus, and they went to him and they said, "Listen, we don't have a lot of money to put in your your alms cup, but what we do have, we're going to share with you." Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. Did you remember the story? He reached down his hand, Peter did, and he lifted the man up, and he walked, and he ran, and he went into the temple praising God. I'm here to tell you today, friend, if our eyes are connected with our heart, the Holy Spirit can use that eye heart. Connection to work miracles and to perform wonders in the lives of people. We need to flow in the love of God just like Jesus did. And it starts with that anointed look. We need to preach to everyone everywhere in fulfillment of the promise. Not just in obedience to the command, but in fulfillment of the promise. Verse 17, Jesus said, These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, uh, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that lifting up serpent things, but uh, he, he wasn't talking about picking a snake up and playing with it. You remember, it's really lived out for us in the word of God. Paul was shipwrecked on the island of, of Malta, and, and when he got to the shore, he was he was cold and 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 wet and they built a fire and when he was going around gathering sticks for the fire, the Bible says he reached into a pile of sticks and a viper laid hold of his hand, bit him and he just shook it off into the fire. And he went on his way and he just kept going and everybody standing around said he must be a sinner because look what's happened to him. He'll fall dead any minute now. And and time went by and they wondered then and said, Oh, this man's not a sinner. He's a man of God. He's 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 like a God because the snake didn't even bother him. That's what happens when you follow Jesus with all of your heart. If something bad happens to you, God can help you with it. I remember I was uh this was uh when I was a young preacher I was mowing the, the churchyard and we had this huge ditch uh on on in our in our front yard and I mean it was down like this, just a gully. And and you had to get on the right edge of it. And I was stupid instead of taking the, the, the uh push mower and doing that. We didn't have weed ears back then. Um but uh I'd had took a sling blade and I, I hated those things. They always rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> And so I instead of that I took our old snapper church lawnmower and 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 got on the edge of that thing and I made two swipes and I just needed to get right on the edge. And when I did whoosh it flipped over and, and I was strong enough then to catch it in midair and push it away from me and I didn't get hurt. But that was the end of that snapper mower. I just want you to know that. It's a, Next board meeting, we had to buy a new lawnmower. <laughs> and so I decided instead of mowing that that ditch, I would take uh, uh, chemicals and spray on it. We didn't have Roundup back then; that was in the in, in the early 80s. And th- there was a uh, I, I I can't remember it. 24D was that the name of the the they outlawed it because it caused cancer. And and I had a sprayer and I had pumped it up. And, and I thought I had sprayed it down and I was going to take it uh, and empty it so I wouldn't leave anything in it because I was through. And when I did, it blew up in my face. And I swallowed my mouth, my nose. I swallowed it. And I thought, dear God, I'm going to die in any minute now. <laughs> I poisoned myself. That stuff will kill you. And I want to tell you something. I went in and I prayed. And this is what I prayed. If they eat or drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. And I want you to know, all I did was drink a couple of glasses of water, and I went on my way, and I never had any ill side effects from it. Never even got nauseated. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm just telling you, if you'll put Jesus first, I'm telling you, if you'll stay full of the Holy Spirit, God will work miraculous things in your life. If a snake bites you, you can shake it off. Don't go out there and invite him to bite you. I got friends in a church down in South Texas. That guy's nuttier than a fruitcake. And I tell him, I've told him to his face, he was, he was one of my deacons, super guy, super guy, wonderful man, loves the gospel. But he he goes to those rattlesnake roundups, and he and his twin brother, they 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 just grab them and. And, and, and put them in bags, and, and you're nuts when you do that. My mama told me not to play with snakes. She wasn't talking about my neighbors either. Love the way you're shouting. What I'm telling you is that the power of the Holy Spirit is a promise given to us and it is by the means of the Holy Spirit that we are able to preach this gospel we have the authority of Jesus name we have the acknowledgement of Jesus' name by heaven and by earth and things beneath the earth. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, the advocacy of Jesus' name. We not only have the authority of Jesus' name and command the enemy uh, to, to loose hold on the hearts of people, but the acknowledgement of Jesus' name by heaven and earth and hell. And we have the advocacy of Jesus' name where he tells us that at his name when we pray in his name, whatever you ask in my name I will do it I think sometimes the reason we don't see more happen in our prayer lives is because we're praying things that are outside of God's perfect will for our life. But And I'm glad God tells me no sometimes. I don't want to be a spoiled child. But I, I'm telling you, I, I believe that if we'll start praying about things that God is interested in, things that God wants to do, things that God says he, he, it's his will, when we start praying those things in the name of Jesus, Jesus will do it. The first disciples understood the power of his name. All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth, therefore go. <sighs> J.W. Tucker, some of you may remember his name. He was a missionary from Arkansas back in the uh, 50s and 60s. And his, call, his field of calling was the Congo Zaire, present-day Zaire, the Republic of Congo. They've been in civil war seemingly for their entire history. And Brother Tucker had come home for a furlough, and he was, he was itinerating, and he was getting ready to go back, and the brethren in Springfield didn't want him to go home, didn't want him to go back to, to Africa, and so they, they begged and pleaded with him. And you know what Brother Tucker's comment to them was, guys, I appreciate you loving me like this, but Jesus said, go. He never said, come home. Jesus only said, go. He never said, come home. Now, you understand, I'm, I'm not telling you to, to, to make terrible and horrible choices about your life. But I am telling you, there is something to believing God and trusting God that He is at work in our lives and that He He wants to fulfill His promise through us and in us. J.W. Tucker went back to, to Congo and in just let me make a, a really intense story uh, and long story short, and to the fact that JW Tucker was martyred by a group of of tribespeople in in Africa. And his body was thrown into the river and crocodiles consumed his body. But as a result of the preaching of J.W. Tucker to the tribes of Congo, the very place where Brother Tucker was martyred, killed and thrown into the river, right on the banks of that river, there is a church that has been built there and it is, it is the J.W. Tucker Memorial. That's what they call it. And it was to honor this man of God who was willing to shed his blood. You see, when the, when the people of Congo understood that Brother Tucker had given his life, that touched them. That touched them. And this particular tribe had been told that a man was going to come and that his blood would be spilled in the river, and that everywhere that river went with that spilled blood, it was going to bring life. I'm sure J.W. Tucker never thought that would be his story, but it became his story. And as a result, the Gospel has been preached in Congo, and a great church has been built, and it's all because he was willing to go in Jesus' name, to preach the gospel everywhere and in the power of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit is come upon you. There is no part of this world that cannot be touched by the gospel of Christ. I'm closing now. In Fugong County, in China's Yunnan Province, they have so many believers that it is known as Christ County in Communist China. With about 90% of its 70,000 people professing faith in Christ. Impressed with the falling crime rate and other social benefits, local government authorities are actually encouraging people to believe. Isn't that something? When Jesus told his disciples to go to all nations, to go everywhere preaching the gospel, it appeared to be an impossible task. A small group of 120 people in the upper room were told to go everywhere. There was no printing presses. There was no radio, no TV, no quick mode of travel. You traveled by foot, by boat, or by animal, yet they went everywhere. And what did they do? The Bible says they turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. I'm closing with this statistic. In 100 AD, there were 360 non Christians per true believer. Today, missiologists, have come up with this ratio of saved to unsaved people. In 100 A.D., I'm talking about 19, 2,000 years ago, 360 non-Christians for every one true believer. Today the ratio is 8 to 1. Incredible progress has been made in reaching the world for Christ. We could actually see every nation, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, every unreached people group, we could see them reached just within the next few years. This world could be evangelized. And I'm telling you, I believe it will be. Jesus is coming soon. And he said he wasn't going to come until every nation had a witness of his name. We're preaching to everyone, everywhere, that Jesus Christ is Lord. We do it in His name and in the power of His Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for the Word of God, and Lord, we're about to do some business here for you and your kingdom. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given me these 45 years of gospel preaching. Lord, every year we come to this moment when we decide how much money we're going to invest in the propagation of the gospel beyond the four walls of this building into America, home missions, and into the world, foreign missions. I thank you, Jesus, that you're speaking to our hearts Help us to obey you and do what you have called us to do. Go into all the world and preach to every creature. In Jesus' name, amen. Our ushers are going to pass out to our faith promise cards at this moment. If, if, Thank you so much. One per family or if you'd like one as an individual, uh, please, please help us with that. And let me just ask you to do something for for me. Uh, we'd love to be able to put a figure at the end of the day today on commitments to missions for this coming year. It helps us to know how many missionaries we can add or if we're going to be able to add any more. Uh, it'll help us know what our support level is going to be for this year. As I said, we, we support about... 25 missionaries, and our budget is somewhere around $1,200 a month. And I appreciate those who are so very faithful every month. Phyllis and I, all of our married life, have had a missions pledge, a missions promise. I believe with all of my heart God has blessed us because of it. I know He has. And this morning, when you receive the card, we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. And I am want to ask you to write a number on that card and um, something that you feel God's spirit is speaking to you to help us go to everyone, to help us to go everywhere, to preach this gospel in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. God is building his church. And as a New Testament church, we want to be a part of the missions outreach that God has commanded us to be a part of. There's a place on there for an amount to be placed. Uh, It delineates it. You can put it so much a week, so much a month. If you'd like to give a one-time gift, we need your help. Uh, When we don't have enough missions money that comes in to support our budget, then we take that money out of general fund and it puts pressure on our general fund monies. So if we can meet the budget every month outside of general fund money, it would be a tremendous blessing and help to our church. I want us to pray right now and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts that we might do our best. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, for me, missions is is my heart God, to reach the lost is what I'm about. It it defines us. And I pray that you would burden our hearts for the preaching of the gospel everywhere. Not just here in our own town, but around the world. One day we're going to hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Holy Spirit, lead us now to put the amount on this card that you would have us. Lead us and direct us now. Let us be found faithful to obey you. In Christ's name, Amen. If you will mark those cards, if some of you are not ready to do that, you can do it tonight. Bring it back to the missions banquet. Please come tonight to our missions banquet. It would be a blessing to us, uh, guys. If you if you, we'll we'll receive the cards. Let's go ahead. and Come ahead, guys, and we'll uh, receive. They'll pass these, uh, take up an offering, and all you have to do is drop in your card, okay? And uh, if, uh, if you'd like to give an offering today for missions, uh, we have a speaker tonight that we're going to help underwrite uh, his ministry through the offerings that are taken today and tonight. Uh, if you just want to put in a missions offering, you can mark it on your envelope, write it on the tag of your check. Uh, Mike and Jane Ann of course our missionaries to China and everybody says oh my they've been in China they're exposed to the flu they have not been back to China they have not been exposed to the flu simply because they wouldn't allow them to go back so we, we are going to hear much about the ministry God has given him there for 36 years they have been in China carrying the gospel we're looking forward to tonight but uh, if you'd like to give an offering you can make your offerings at the first assembly And the offering, missionary offering, will go toward uh, Brother McIntyre in this evening. Okay? Thank you so much. Father, thank you for the giving of the people. Lord, this is a holy moment for me. God, this is so special. Because this is not about us. This is about the world. Help us to express how much we love you. Help us to show you that we really are interested in everyone, everywhere hearing the gospel. Bless your sweet people today and honor them. In Jesus' name, amen.